There we go. How are we doing, everyone? My name is Sean Flannery. Today on the Total Basis Podcast, joined by fellow co-host Felipe Malicio. And we're joined by a special guest today, Felipe. Uh, would you like to introduce our guest? Sure, absolutely. It's uh, Corey Richmond of the uh, Work to Shoot Podcast. Uh, uh, Corey, go ahead and introduce yourselves, please. Hey, it's uh, Corey Richmond, one half of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I do a wrestling podcast uh, for over 200 terrible, most likely episodes with uh, Jason Brooks uh, over the last, I don't know, for the last six years, uh, talking the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional wrestling, WWE, AEW now, if TNA or ROH or these other companies do something worth uh, talking about, we will talk about it. But like I said, for the most part, it's uh, WWE and uh, AEW and uh, New Japan Wrestling, but uh you, during this quarantine, we're doing, you know, maybe two episodes a week, but usually it's uh, Thursday evenings uh, on YouTube right now, but also you can find us on uh, Anchor FM, and uh, you can check us out on Twitter, at WorkShootPod, and my personal one is at Paladin808, which, uh, as Jason, my co-host usually says, nobody really cares, but <laughs> sure so I, in terms of Twitter handles, I'll always love Felipe is when he would plug it into our episodes, pathological hate. And it's a, it's a great Twitter handle, but wow, there, that's a, that's a lot of uh, different wrestling that you guys cover. I mean, I haven't really watched wrestling since, you know, my, my younger years. What about you, Felipe? And you, you're still pretty into it. Yeah, I just got back. Uh, well, I stopped watching back in 2001 when WWE uh, bought out WCW. And for me, that was like, all right, I'm done with this crap. I mean, cause I knew <laughs> I knew that once WWE had like some sort of monopoly on the industry, I knew that it was going to not be my cup of tea anymore. So I stopped and I finally came back at around 2016. Okay. Uh, that's when I started watching uh, regularly and I've been watching since, but I, I don't know about you, Corey, man, but some, some of the stuff that's been going on, uh, I'm ready to be lapsed again. That, that's the term that they use is lapsed when lapsed fans band. like me, but I'm sorry, what was that? The lapsed fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's who I am, and I, that's obviously the other podcast I listen to regularly is uh, the historical podcast that they do, wrestling historical podcast. But yeah, they call them laps, and we leave, and then we come back, and then. But uh, like uh, Corey mentioned, with, with so many wrestling promotions out there um, that are available uh, just on television and on YouTube, it, there's more wrestling more than ever. So it's it, that, that's kind of keeping me kind of sane from leaving because I do think that WWE just sucks uh, for the most part. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I'm when when uh, Corey mentioned All Elite Wrestling and Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, I, my ears kind of perked up. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll listen to that. Yeah, I'll so watch because yeah, because I watch some new stuff. More than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something out there for everyone, and Absolutely. that's what kind of got got me back. But, I mean, I never really left because, unlike my partner Jason, he has uh, more of a life. I guess you could say. I mean, he's got a <laughs> wife. He's had. He has a wife. He uh, so I mean he has more things to do, but uh, I've always been a fan of wrestling, and it's the one thing that, I mean, I love baseball, all sports, and a lot of different things, but wrestling is one of those things that always has gotten me back in, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I often say, it's one of those things that just keeps on bringing back in, as bad as it is, even when it's bad, there's some things that are so bad that it's just comical, and it's just one of those things that you can just make fun of, and you just sit there going, why am I watching this? And then you can just make fun of as you're watching it. But one of the things, uh, I was watching your show uh, last week, and I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. But, sure, I just got to ask this. I don't have a fight in this, but I understand as a Met fan, you have a loyalty to your guys. Oh, super-duper loyalty. 
And as an Indians fan, I mean, I have guys who I've rooted for over the years that no business ever caring about. No, there's guys mostly people have never even heard of. Yeah. But uh, how do you put Brandon Nimmo over Andrew Benintendi? <laughs> and, and I mean, none of you guys had Benintendi. I know Benintendi was terrible last year. But just on the idea, that, and I understand Benintendi had 140 strikeouts. So it was a huge amount over the year. Before. I think like maybe it was 114 and he had a ton more and he was, he was hurt a little bit last year. Yeah. And maybe there's the idea of potential. And Cespedes is never going to play. We understand that. <laughs> hey, I agree with you on that one there. But how do you take Ben Attendee over – I'm sorry, how do you not take Ben Attendee over Nimmo? I mean, and I, I, I really do like Andrew Ben Attendee. I think he's going to be great value. And just in terms of, you know, the perceived value, you know, everyone's so down on him. When this time last year, you know, everyone was hyping Andrew Ben Attendee. But I still see the underlying skill set um, – a lot of the issues with Ben Attendee that we've even seen when he's been successful has, you know, like the advanced metrics, a lot of the batted ball data does not, you know, really show that he could be something, you know, crazy successful. And Brandon Nemo, I mean, it's kind of in the same boat, but he has a, a way different underlying skill set. And with the uh, underlying skill set that Nemo has, I talked about it, I'm a huge plate discipline guy. And Brandon Nemo fills that, and that's the hell. I, I said I'm willing to die on it, and I'm glad you're calling me out on it because I love defending it. I love getting into a debate on Brandon Nemo. I will, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be 75 years old in a nursing home singing the praises of Brandon Nemo. <laughs> you know, uh, ben Attendee is two years younger, right? He is younger. Ben, ben Attendee got up here fast. Nemo didn't, did take a while. Uh, he was one of those Wyoming products, you know, in the snow. They don't actually have high school baseball, so – he, he is uh, a little older, but so is Pete Alonzo, and we still like him too. But uh, to kind of tie it back into wrestling. Uh, well, we uh, talk- can I just uh, oh, yeah. in really quick? Yeah. Uh, for the record, uh, Corey, you'll be glad to know that in my rankings, I have Andrew Benintendi ranked as a 20th outfielder on my list, and Nemo is 48th overall. So don't it's – it's all him. <laughs> oh, no, Mets- it is all me. It is all me. It's, it's a, he's the Mets homer. <laughs> that is the only guy I will homer for. I promise. He is the only one. I didn't even put Pete Alonso on my team. Come on now. Just put Michael Conforto. I and I I do and I understand that you know you guys are going to talk a little bit more wrestling because I'm on, but uh, I could talk fantasy baseball all day long on, on that aspect. But I think oh. uh, I think Rizzo is is a very interesting candidate this year in regards to batting first in that lineup and what, what happens with him. I, I think. I'll, Especially with the idea that I think the, the ball may not be as juiced as it's been in past years. Alonzo It'll be interesting be, for sure. Alonzo could be a guy who could be one of those guys who's even more important than the fact that guys may not hit as many home runs. The idea we don't know what about the league has seen him more, how that batting average is going to be truly affected. And I don't know, some guys are playing in leagues that are, are on base and some are, you know, batting average leagues. So, I mean, we'll see how that happens. But like I said, I'm. Um, this is your guy's show. Let me not. <laughs> no, no, you, no you, you are fine. We I have you here to going, talk. Shut up, shut up. We have shut you up. to talk. <laughs> Trust me, you are doing exactly what we wanted. Uh, so, Felipe, what was your defining moment? I'll ask both of you guys this. But when it comes to wrestling and baseball, yeah. what is the one defining thing in each that keeps you coming back? Because obviously you walked away from WWE, but you did come back. So what is the – they don't have to be the same in each, but – Maybe they are. So what is it? Yeah, uh, well, obviously what keeps me coming back to baseball is, is the fact that I can intertwine both the fantasy aspect and the real aspect of it all. Uh, also, 
for baseball, it's a little bit different for me as well because that's not just fantasy baseball, but even even as a as a as a kid growing up in the '90s, I always wondered. And this is without me knowing about Bill James. I didn't know about baseball perspectives. And even as I got into my 20s uh, in college, I didn't even know about fan graphs or any of those. Yeah. I just knew that deep down inside that there has to be a better way to gauge the way we evaluate players. And that's just with me not even reading a book about it. I didn't know anything about like these advanced metrics. I just know that there has to be some other way. There has to be a number that some other people have been creating um, that will do a better job of evaluating these baseball players so we can all like get a better sense of what it takes to be successful. And, and, and little did I know that while I'm questioning all these things, in another parallel universe, there are, there's all these maniacs coming up with field, fielding independent pitching and, and, and weighted on base average and, and all these other all these other metrics that we are now, you know, we all use and we take for granted nowadays. But yeah, growing up, that, that's what kept on coming is this thirst for knowledge and, and this thirst for wanting more, just more baseball, more stats, more numbers. And then once I got into fantasy baseball, I mean, that just, you're, you're, you're getting me involved in some weird way. You're getting me involved with these baseball players and these baseball teams where I have to pay attention every single season. Uh, so all of these factors intertwine. As far as wrestling goes, however, uh, like I said, uh, I stopped watching, but just uh, uh, watching on YouTube, uh, just clips, old clips uh, of WWE, of, of, of what made me a fan of the WWE during the mid-90s, uh, watching old clips of what I've been missing, watching old clips of other promotions, watching old, just all, all these old clips. And, and the number one thing that, kept me, that, that got me curious around 2015 was watching, I just was curious about watching Rock, The Rock, you know, Rocky, uh, Dwayne doing the rock johnson um going on the microphone and just talking and that's what sparked that and that just led into a domino effect okay well that's the rock what about stone cold steve austin what about cm punk what about all these all these wrestlers who are very good on the mic and okay let's okay so they're good on the mic but what do they do inside the ring and i just it was a crash course of 16 years for me to get to where i got comfortable and admit that hey you know what i can watch this again i think it's safe to come back and uh, I've been back ever since for the last three or four seasons. I, I've done uh, uh, not as many as Corey, but I've done a few wrestling podcasts over the years, mostly with Jake Schwartz, who uh, is the main host of the uh, Podjobbers uh, podcast uh, on our Life Group podcast groups here. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Henry. I just see Henry uh, mentioning that he knows uh, Corey Richmond. And, you know, Corey, I knew I recognized you from somewhere. I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. Uh, you, you guys are you're friends with Henry, right? Is that I'm, I'm gathering here. Uh, yeah, I've known Henry for a while. How do you know him? Uh, through uh, unfortunate means, no. Uh, <laughs> no, Henry, through uh, actually through a um, bunch of friends who watched wrestling and played uh, played fantasy sports, I guess, with and a couple other things, I guess. I don't actually truly remember how I met Henry back in the day, but uh, I've known Henry for, I guess, about 10 years now, I think. I think that's the best way to say you know Henry is you forgot how you met him. That's probably best for all involved. Say so you just don't remember the whole occurrence. You know, it, it all ended. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for me, uh, I have to always remember how I met Henry because uh, it was pretty tumultuous how I got to meet the guy. He basically saved me from a situation. Uh, not, not nothing dire, but just for Facebook terms. He saved me from a dire situation from beforehand. And I'll leave it at that. So uh, Henry's a good – yeah, he's laughing at us. Yeah, unfortunately, 
it is what it is. We uh, we are tethered to him for better or for worse. We're like a we're married to the guy, unfortunately. <laughs> or, fortunately, Your Honor, I refuse to incriminate myself. There you go. Played the fifth. Uh, no, the fifth. Yeah, for me, wrestling was one of those. No one like my parents never really watched it, but just one day I was like, you know, eight nine years old, just like sitting down watching TV, and then you see all like these ripped dudes, and they're just throwing each other all over the place. The, the the very nice looking girls come out and you're like, Oh, this is fun to watch. This is entertaining. And then you start like, you'd come back the next week and then you started realizing all the overlapping story arcs and everything. And so you, yeah. it was very easy to get invested in as a, a younger kid. And I'll always remember just like, I think the, the two WrestleManias I watched, you know, we just having WrestleMania. So I figured I'd, I'd bring it up a little bit was like 24 or 23, 24 and 25. Like, the, the oh, wow. Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, and uh, 25 was uh, Shawn Michaels losing versus The Undertaker. And I remember I was just, like, enamored with it. And then I can't remember the exact time. I, I found their their big secret, and I thought it was real, you know, being the, the very much believer that I was. And I, I, I just lost the fire for it. Every now and then I'll see it on the TV and I'll watch it. But then I've realized that so much has happened. And I have a hard time, like, how would I catch up and getting back into the story arcs? But it's something I do want to try and get back into. So, Corey, with that being said, how would what would you pitch to me to get me back into watching oh, WWE and wrestling? Don't? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Save me. So thank you for saving me from myself. Uh, no. Um, I guess the idea is I don't think you – ever lose truly lose your love for wrestling and sports is which i think is very similar where just like any fandom you can go away from it but if there's if there's ever any sort of fandom that they were there in the beginning there'll be something that could always bring you back there has to be one angle or one person that just brings you in like for uh, for Felipe, it was pos- It was like The Rock. For a certain people, it was when multi thing when CM Punk became big when he left, and there was a crossover with the sports world where you had people like Michelle Beadle were found out found out about him, or like what is what's going on here? You have a new guy in AEW named Orange Cassidy who's taking everybody by storm with a thing called Sloth Style, where this guy who apparently he just like doesn't care. But he, he's just so relaxed at just like what's going on here. People just all of it, like the young bucks who have basically from nowhere have made their own name in the business where they had their own t-shirts and hot topic. They, guys who've never been to yeah. WWE. That's something never else. Been in, uh, never been in WCW, which was the big company back in the late nineties into the early two thousands, which uh, was bought by the WWF. Um, sorry. Um, back back in 2001, but there's always something that'll bring him to like, just like with sports, with baseball can go on strike, but for some people, you know, the idea of expanding the playoffs, that brings people back in, or the idea of, you know, bringing, you know, with some of these weird ideas of, you know, extra innings, which I think is the stupidest thing, putting somebody on second base, or some of these <laughs> ideas, you know, the idea of bringing people in with fantasy sports, or, you know, the idea of, you know, you can go to a baseball stadium, you know, or a football stadium, and you can do live in uh, betting now. Yeah. Is, if there is, and maybe, maybe when it comes to betting, 
you just sit there and you go, all right, this guy's a degenerate gambler. He's just there because it's just something to bet on. <laughs> but there is something there that will bring you back. If there was something there, I mean, I'm not into Star Trek or Star Wars, but every time a new show comes out, you could say, I'm never watching this stuff again. Star, I guess I'll screw these things up. Because I don't know the difference from one or the other, <laughs> but I'm guessing Star Trek. I'm going to sound terrible. Star Trek and The Mandalorian, I don't know if that's the same thing, or Star Wars. It's not. <laughs> and that made it so much better, though. That was perfect. But I love this, though. I love Because I purposely combined the two just to piss off the fan bases. I mean, this I'm is like, using it to my ears, man. I'm a Doctor Who person. So, I mean, that's we all have our thing. But the idea of, you know, you could be super upset with the rise or fall of whatever name these movies were, but all of a sudden people love The Mandalorian, and you sit there and you go, you know what? I'm still upset with that, but I'm back in. This baby Yoda, yeah. or whatever they call it, is like, this, apparently it's like the cutest thing in the world. I'm in. Chris Jericho has this awesome song, Judas, and people are singing it, uh, you know, every time he comes out. That becomes a phenomenon, and people are back in. It just takes one thing for you to get back in. So, I mean, yeah. like I said, I know I'm being a little long-winded here, and I know you guys don't care, but it's just the way <laughs> no, you're good. fine with the guilt right. that I'm talking here. But, you know, but I think that's just the way it works. If you find something that brings you back in, that will get you there, Sean. I mean, maybe some people, the minute they, they hit puberty and they realize girls may actually like them, they're out. Other people, <laughs> they find out, you know, girls are super interesting, but not all of them are going to talk to them. They realize they get back to college and they're in a fraternity or whatever, and they start watching, the, you know, they walk by someone's room and they see they're watching the pay-per-view, they sit down and they, they start watching. They're, they're back in and they realize, all right, this is kind of cool. People maybe watched ECW when it was a hardcore style. So someone getting hit with, you know, a steel chair, even though we know that's wrong. <laughs> like, all right, this is kind of cool. It's a different style. So, I mean, many yeah. different ways, you know? Home runs, get people, you know, what they say back in the day, chicks, deal, chicks dig the long ball. That got people yep. back into baseball. So, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Each the home run derby, yeah. That was the, uh, that was the, perp that was basically the conversation in Dong City. Sean, you'll be proud that in the 30 minutes that I listened to yesterday, no mention of Houston Astros or not even that many mentions of the New York Yankees. So, uh, but yeah, they mentioned how the home run derby and I've been one of those that I don't care about the home run derby. I was there once 19, once they came back in 95, I was watching. I, I, I would wait. I was like that dog from Futurama just waiting forever for baseball to come. And they finally came and I, I got back into it. Unbeknownst to me that there were people that were kind of mad that they felt betrayed and they felt uh, abandoned by the sport that they grew up loving. And it took maybe Cal Ripken breaking the Lou Gehrig record for more fans to come back. But the real, I'll admit that 98 brought a bunch of people back because of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. So yeah, I guess there is some lapsedom in baseball fans as well, but I don't think it's as extreme championship wrestling. No, as extreme as, uh, as, as they are in wrestling, where you will have people like me go 16, 20 years without watching and paying attention to the sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I might come back into it. I'm, I haven't pulled up on my screen right now. It's like I'm looking at the old Generation X, like when it was like Michaels and Triple H. Like that's what I loved when I was like super young. And then like, I don't know, I, I, it just it evaporated from me. I guess I, I kind of transferred into baseball. I stopped watching as much wrestling. I started watching more baseball. And which was a terrible time because back-to-back uh, -back years, 2007, 2008, the Mets just completely blow it in, like, September. Two straight seasons, 2009, everybody leaves or gets hurt. It, it, it was a tough time, but, you know, we're well, here Sean, for the long haul. 
I've been meaning to ask. I mean, what's an Alabama boy like you rooting, doing rooting for the Mets? I never understood that. Did you ever explain it this on the podcast here? I've, I don't I've never explained it on the podcast, but I, I guess we can go a little historical here since we're – this well. is kind of a – this is a, a fun episode for us. Um, but uh, <laughs> both of my parents were, were born and raised in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And oh, no. um, by life and happenstance, they moved down to Alabama. My dad, you know, he used to brag all the time about, you know – He'd be an hour train ride from Philly, an hour train ride from New York, not even an hour train ride from Philly. And he'd go to all the games, go to Madison Square Garden, watch whoever was playing there, and then just hop on the train and go back home. And I'm like, and you raised me in Dothan, Alabama, that no one can even point out on a map? Like, that's just cruel that that those are your life experiences and you just kept them from your own children. But, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up a sole Mets fan and Rutgers fan down here in Braves and Roll Tide country. So it is quite tough, but, you know, we power on. I mean, there was a a little bit of time I was was doing Uber, and I had a a Rutgers hoodie on in Montgomery, Alabama. And this guy hops in in the car, and he says, are you wearing a Rutgers hoodie? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what are you doing in Alabama? And I was like, how do you – wait, how do you know what Rutgers is? He says – I work there. And he had come down to play on the golf courses in Alabama that we're famous for. And I was just like, we both looked at each other and said, what are we doing in Alabama? (laughs) That's the origin Mets story for me. Um, Well, uh, congratulations on your top 50 uh, prospect for Rutgers, apparently. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, for you, Corey, um, we talked a little bit before the show started. Um, How long have you done fantasy baseball? Kind of delve into our, our actual topics here? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing somewhere for the last, like, maybe 15 years, I would guess. Have, have you maybe ever won? More, have, you, have you ever won a, have you won a season yet? Uh, yes. How, do, you, uh, do you know how many? Uh, two. Two. Okay. That's, that's, that's not bad. I, I've, I think I started in-depth, like, fantasy baseball my freshman year of college, so about five years ago, and I've won once in, like, oh 10 God. or 11 leagues. But I always, I always finish, like, top three teams. I just can never – I cannot get past it. I'm the Los Angeles Dodgers of fantasy baseball. Wait, I'm really good at getting into the top three, but I can never win. How many, how many teams are involved in these leagues that you're finishing uh, top you, three? Usually 10, 12. Um, I, I had a couple of 15s in there when I first okay. started. All right, so. I heard a 15. All right. I'm, I, I can respect a 15-team league. You're telling me 10-team yeah. leagues. It's, uh, yeah, I have a um, – one league is a 30-team. I always talk about it with Felipe. It is a – 30 team 40 man rosters it is wow. all right i can respect that it, it's it's tough but it's fun and hopefully one day we can have a when baseball comes back we can have a full episode just about that team if felipe will let me but um <laughs> the, uh, masochism is a thing here in this, <laughs> in this podcast though with you Corey, what is the one thing that brings you back to baseball and fantasy baseball in particular felipe told us what brought him back into wrestling and baseball so what about you uh, well, I think the general idea is just wanting to uh, – is winning. I mean, everybody says, you know, it's, you know, the money aspect for a lot of people, but it's the idea of – especially when you're doing it with friends. The, the leagues that you – I don't do any leagues where where I don't know people because I know there are a lot of people who do all these leagues that for the competitive aspect of these big, like, money leagues. But I yeah. do it for the, the, the competition. See, I was – and I was going to say this before. Like, when it comes to sports and wrestling, which is a common – common idea i am i was never good at at sports or uh when it came to actual physical activities i'm one of those people i i can talk about sports but i'm not good at them (laughs) so i mean my dream i mean you may not you you may not know about 
Pittsburgh. I, may, I don't know about either one. The biggest uh, sports radio station in the country, I'm, I'm from New York. I live in the Bronx. Is WFAN. When I was growing up, my dream was to work for WFAN. Mm. I wasn't, uh, that didn't happen. I mean, I work in the, the media industry in my real life before the pandemic, but um, I just, that's what I became good at. I became good at talking about everything. And so I went and learned everything I could about sports. And when I understood when I was in college, so God, maybe it's more than 15 years, I guess it's 20 years, because I'm not older than you guys. When you, when you went and said, you know, uh, when I, five years ago in college, my, I don't know if you saw me, my mouth opened up. Opened up <laughs> I right. missed it, no. He's, he's a youngin. He's a youngin. Yeah. I'm yeah, probably I'm, closer to your age than, than you are to Sean. Yeah, I'm 42. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 old man, I'm old man walking over here, you know. Uh, <laughs> about to fall off the chair and you'll know, be put in a home at, at this rate uh, compared to you kids. <laughs> I really oh, wish I had a soundboard and I was going to play um, Oregon star. Yeah. Oklahoma state coach. I'm 40. I'm a man. I, I really wanted that sound bite when he said his age. That would have been fun. <laughs> Come uh, after me. <laughs> but no, continue Corey. But uh, so what was I saying? No, but the, the idea of just the, like I said, the competitive nature of beating your friends. I mean, as much <laughs> as you love all your friends, Nothing's better than, you know, I think I was in a football league or definitely a baseball league with Henry. But, you know, the uh, idea of head-to-head beating Henry, which I think I mostly, at least on a week-to-week basis, maybe beat him at least once. Because I'm sure <laughs> he thinks he's great at everything, which is true. <laughs> but um, I'm, sure in the, I'm sure in the chat he's going crazy right now. But uh, just the idea of, you know, being, good, being better at something than someone else. And, yeah. you know, just because I can't do it on the actual field, Doing it, you know, with your brain, I guess, is good. I mean, I didn't – I'm one of those still people who may be older, the eye test. I mean, when, I, when I'm doing fantasy baseball, I'm still – I'm looking at what I see on the field more than sometimes the, the, uh, the extra numbers. I mean, I, I look at, you know, the, the war and all this stuff. I mean, I'm not as crazy. Some people don't believe those things matter. But I still look at, you know, what these guys do. I mean, I have the MLB package, which, I'm, which they have my money for right now, even though the games aren't existing. <laughs> I might be a little bit unnerved about, but that's another story. Um, but, and I think it comes on maybe the same thing with wrestling, the idea of I couldn't, I couldn't go on a mat like, you know, a Kurt Angle or any of these guys, but the idea of watching these guys doing something that I could never do fascinates me. The, the idea of, you know, these guys talking and bringing somebody into a venue, like I think Hulk Hogan is the worst thing in the history of, you know, when it comes to actual wrestling. But what he can do <laughs> is talk to some, but you know, there's, there's two parts of wrestling. There's, yeah. there's the talking, and then there's the in-ring. Some yeah. people love the talking aspect, like The Rock. He's not, he was never great in the ring. He, he got better. But what he did better than almost anybody else in the history of wrestling is getting you in there. Talk, you know, yep. The idea, and like, there's two, two greatest overall people, maybe are, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Hulk Ooh. Hogan got you into the building. Ric Flair kept you in the building. Oh, you, know, yeah. not, you know, Hulk Hogan got you to buy the pay-per-view. But when you bought the pay-per-view, you didn't turn it off because you saw a guy like Ric Flair, a ravishing Rick Rude. I'm trying to people maybe – actually, these guys might be too, uh, too old for even you, Sean. You know, I, I remember Flair. I, I remember the tail end of Flair. The, the, the retirement <laughs> match is um, – I, I remember, like – I'm sorry? Right, like, the, the retirement match between him and Michaels. He ended up coming back afterwards for a couple years, right? 
That gave was only like DNA and uh, yeah, gave up his but, soul um, for bus for one of his like, fourteen wives. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Alamo, apparently it's a terrible. Keep thing. keep counting. <laughs> but I, 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 I do I do remember that one. That one, the, the Shawn Michaels and uh, Ric Flair, the "I Love You" right before the speech and <laughs> music. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I love that stuff. So maybe that is what I need. I need something like that. I need to see something like that in WWE for me to come back into it. I don't know. You know what? I'm sorry for uh, to interrupt you for one second, but uh, I don't think WWE is what you would like. I think you should be watching on Wednesday nights on TNT. I'm not trust me. TNT is not paying me by any stretch. Nobody's paying me uh, <laughs> on TNT on Wednesdays watching AEW because it's okay. a really good mix of the old school and the athletics athleticism of the independent new school stuff where you have guys like who are talking on the mics, like the Jake the Snake Roberts, who are going to bring you in there. But you also have the athleticism of the Young Bucks, who do all these fantastic moves. You have the Chris Jerichos, who may not be in, you know, the greatest thing. He has the 50-year-old dad bod, as people want to say. But he'll talk you into there. But you have the campy stuff of a Matt Hardy, who's doing this Vanguard oh, one and all the stuff that's, like, totally out there. So, I mean, there is this, you know, mix of stuff that is going on that Sean, I think, you might like, you know, it might, might, might be way too campy for you. So I don't know how, how hey, this is news to me. I, I just looked it up. I, I'm definitely, I'd love to get into it and, you know, start watching it. I mean, that sounds interesting. It, is that, I, I see like a, a promo picture and <laughs> I believe it's supposed to be Jericho in the middle, even though he looks a lot like triple H. <laughs> It looks like Triple H oh, when he got my old. God. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm seeing now. Is like with the hair, they look a lot alike. I remember Chris Jericho being the younger guy, and Triple H being the old guy. Now they're just morphing into the same guy. person. Uh, <laughs> no, Jer- Jericho stopped taking the needles, and Triple H still still takes them. So there, there's a difference right there. Um, to piggyback, to piggyback of what Corey was saying that about Hulk Hogan, I'll admit it, uh, and I admitted this in the in the, pod, in the inaugural Podjobbers podcast with uh, our guy Brett Moore. Uh, I agree. Hulk Hogan was the reason I, I paid attention to the WWF back in the day. I was watching Sir Bubba Commando nonstop when I was a kid, and I know there was the Nanny and all these other, all these other crappy ass movies, and that got me in. And and and, and with, during that early '90s stint, what got me to stay, uh, for better or for worse, was a guy like Bret Hart, who Jacob Anthony Moses mentioned him earlier uh, in the comments section. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I, as much as I like to bash Hulk Hogan because I find him dull and uh, to me, I, I already mentioned that the in-ring stuff is what gets me going because, you know, I, I still think it's, it should be treated as a real sport with the understanding that there's storylines and there's uh, things that people, that wrestlers got to do on the mic to get people interested. Um, but yeah, I'll admit that Hulk Hogan got me in. But once I found out that there's more aspects to wrestling than just Hulk Hogan, I would learn to despise the guy. I hate him. <laughs> I can't stand him. And um, the stories, and, and then, you know what, Sean? what makes it even more interesting is not just what goes on inside the ring, but the stories that go behind uh, the scenes uh, in between shows. Like you haven't lived until you heard stories about Hulk Hogan backstage, just being uberly uh, paranoid about (laughs) his standing. This is the the top draw, mind you, right? Of all time. (laughs) And he's paranoid that someone's going to like, is out there to get him and topple him. And, and he's the he's Joe Exotic of WWE. Oh my God, pretty <laughs> much. This guy, and because he's not a real fighter, he's not a real wrestler, he's always mindful that there are other better in-ring wrestlers out there who actually know something or a thing or two about putting you in a lock. 
this guy goes way out of his way to be very mindful. Like, oh man, this guy could put me, this guy could pin me in so many ways and there's no way for me to defend myself because all I am is muscle and no, and no substance. So he's very mindful of his standing. So yeah, so that's another thing is like, aside from the in-ring product and the television product, I think reading the stories that go on, like you mentioned Degeneration X and all that, uh, that you uh, enjoyed watching, Finding out the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, I think, will, will lure you in as well, which uh, I want to ask you guys. Um, do you guys get that? I mean, uh, Corey, I'll, I'll start with you. Do you get that aspect from any other sport besides wrestling that sometimes the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is more interesting that goes on than what actually goes on in the rink or um, in the baseball field or on the football field, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, if you don't mind, I'll take this one first. Uh, absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons – uh, that I think sports radio is so big, uh, especially like in New York and around yeah. the country. Uh, like, especially during this, I'm not to bring the show down, but like during this pandemic that we're going through, you have, you still have people talking about sports, even though there's nothing going on because like uh, with football, baseball, off season stuff is going on, you know, 24, you know, uh, 365 days a year now. I mean, you have people like on WFAN are talking about, uh, Chris Childs made comments about Chris Spiro, uh, Chris, uh, Charles Spiro being, you know, basically a phony and a fraud for you know, <laughs> sitting, uh, sitting uh, at, you know, courtside to support uh, James Dolan after uh, the whole Charles uh, Oakley situation. I don't know how much you followed that, you know, Sean being in a the little bit. state of Alabama. A little bit. You know. So, I mean, behind the scenes stuff in sports is, you know, what, on why certain people get hired or fired, you know, with like the Rooney rule when it comes to football on why there is so few, you know, black football coaches, you know, all, or why certain guys get hired and fired. Why, you know, like a guy like Joe Girardi was not hired for the Mets, even though he was more than likely the perfect candidate. I don't know what you're, as a Mets fan, if you wanted him or not, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's because it's a, it's a, um, I, I was actually one of the few that didn't want him, but that's, a, that's another discussion we can have. But I think that's, you know, the, the idea of behind, and that's one of the things that we talk about, on the work shoot wrestling podcast, I'm more than two times. I'll say that I'm sure I'm, you know, <laughs> as the uh, publicity whore that I've become over the years. But um, that's one of the things that we talk about on the show quite a bit is not just like the who wins and loses because you know really at the end of the day who cares? It's just ideas of why that type of stuff happens. I think that's why like with fantasy baseball and fantasy sports, that's one of the things I think that brings besides the winning and losing. I think that's one of the most interesting things that it, that's going that is behind the uh, behind the scenes why people get brought up. If you're gonna like draft a guy, when will like a Joe Adel, I think his name is Adele. Yeah, uh, Joe Joe Adele. Yeah, Joe Adele. Yeah. Is he gonna? Is, are they gonna keep him in the minors until June, or when is he gonna come up because of his status? With you know, if you get an extra year of eligibility and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah. And the same idea. Are you gonna keep a guy in? This is a, a wrestling thing where NXT was the minor league system for the WWE. Now it's a third quote unquote third brand, but. How long do you got? How long do you keep a guy in their minor league system before you bring him up? Because if a guy's in NXT, he doesn't have to get paid as much guaranteed compared to the WWE if he's on the main, you know, on the main show before. Because NXT was just on their network, their streaming service, compared to being on the USA network. You know, so the behind the heat, the scene stuff is, I think, it's sometimes more interesting than the actual, you know, who wins or loses to, for guys and women who are in, you know, spandex. Yeah, that's actually the way he described it had me thinking that what WWE profits off most, you know, is those storylines. The storylines are like, you know, what keep keep the people invested. 
the the product in the ring can always you know change back and forth while with you know mlb nba nhl the product on the field is what they profit the most off of and the storylines i don't want to say they they try and bury most storylines but it's not in the advantage of the team or even sometimes the advantage of the players for there to be some you know story off the field because it's usually viewed as a distraction but in wrestling it's almost viewed as a absolute positive because of its ability to keep people invested uh Mm. i feel like most professional sports they don't need you know some uh, a a, some like you know rumor or some drama like drama is viewed usually in a, a negative sort of way with professional sports you know, you hear the coaches and the players say, oh, I'm just here to do my job. If they're asked some kind of drama-filled question from a reporter, you know, they, they try and glance it off. But in wrestling, it's they handle it completely opposite, and it works. I never seen it that I never saw it that way. Uh, you know, usually when, when they talk about why, like, for example, here in Chicago, Mr. Trubisky, why he's a failure at being the quarterback. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that face. Nice. He's done. <laughs> Uh, I think you know, I Baker Mayfield. I understand. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, my, my thing is like now you're starting to hear all these rumors and, and backstage, backstage uh, these uh, locker room stories about how the coach doesn't really like the quarterback, but the general manager wants to kind of save his face because he's the guy who went out of his way to draft them. And to me, that's, I mean, they're not, um, it's not like, we don't treat it like Dave Meltzer, for example, the, the dean of wrestling journalism. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for calling him the dean of journalism because everybody yeah. hates Dave Meltzer. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but when when I don't know uh, I forgot who the main uh, journalists are for the for the Chicago beat for the Chicago Bears beat writing team, but if it's like on the Chicago Tribune for example, I I, I just see it as a report you know like yeah. a, a legitimate report it's oh that's just factual uh, near factual speculation yeah we're we're pretty much uh, I don't consider it like a storyline and I get annoyed when 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 you, you see TV broadcasts and they're like, so what's the top seven storylines for this game today? What's the, what, what are we looking for besides the actual uh, strategy that these two teams are going to incorporate? I hate that. And, and it goes back to how I treat wrestling. I, I, only, wanna, I only care about the in-ring stuff. I only care about the results. All, everything else is just a distraction. So maybe that's part of the problem with, with me and wrestling is, I, I, again, I try to treat it too much like sports. But it's interesting how you made that, those parallels that, no, these rumors, the speculation, these uh, in, uh, these uh, journalistic pieces that they do—that's locker. Uh, that's uh, backstage info. The way that I just explained how Hulk Hogan is paranoid—that's very interesting. I never saw it that way before. Yeah, I mean, so it's not just like I mean, definitely in the off season of sports, they yeah. we dive more into the the storylines of the season. You know, you yeah. you look back at the previous season and you you try and infer from how they played, how they acted, how they're going to going to do the next year, which to kind of tie it into fantasy is, you know, we have to look into those off-season storylines. Uh, how many times do we hear, oh, he's uh, arrived at spring training and he's in the best shape of his life? I mean, time, yeah. we probably hear that 50 times from 100 different players every single year. But as fantasy players, we actually have to dive and take some of that into account. You know, some of these guys, you know, they actually – are in the same shape they were the previous year, but they are maybe, you know, they, they did yoga or Pilates and they're in a better headspace or something like that. But it's, it's definitely like once the season starts, uh, the professional sports and the professional athletes, they really don't want as they don't want off the field, you know, distractions. That's, 
I guess the best way to refer to them as is, you know, like the, the storylines and such. They, they just want to go and kind of do their job. I mean, uh, love them or hate them. Uh, there's a guy in uh, wrestling named Eric Bischoff who was uh, one of the main factors in the Monday Night Wars. Uh, he was a head booker at one point for uh, WCW. He wrote a book called Controversy Creates Cash. And that's one of the main things. I mean, you think about it, uh, you can go two ways with this. Like when, like in the off season, uh, the off season, think about it like with arbitration. You the, all year you're saying how great a player is, and the off, and then when it comes to arbitration, you're saying all the things that they do wrong. You know, yeah. you could have for, my guy, for, uh, Lindor. He's great in all of these things, but I'm sure that when uh, he's asking, you know, for like eighteen million dollars, and the club wants to pay him what fourteen, because you know they're penny pitching, and uh, our our version of Dolan. <laughs> you know, it was a big as big as Moran as, you know, the Knicks one. All the teams I root for, you know, don't know what the hell they're doing most of the time. Um, they're, at that point, you're saying, well, you know, he could do this better, you could do this better. And, you know, I'm sure he went and dated this one person in high school who has, you know, screwed with his head forever. I mean, the idea of these storylines, I guess the difference is in wrestling, most of these storylines, I'm sorry, most of the things that go behind, go on behind the scenes usually work into storylines down the line. So, they say uh, yeah. controversy creates cash, you know, that's how you, you kind of look at it. Yeah, I, I, I get that, you know, controversy and, you know, bad things usually tend to sell in the news. It's, it's kind of, I, I get it, you know, that's why with, you know, some of the, the WWE storylines that I remember, like Gen X and the Hardy brothers, it's kind of like, you know, they always had, you know, the feuds and whatnot in WWE. And it's like always the one thing that I remember is like the feuds being like, the big thing that everybody talked about week to week is like, you know, how did this yeah. feud advance and how did this feud, you know, stall out or et cetera yeah. like that. Um, Felipe, do you have any, any other questions for Corey? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, since I asked you how you became a Mets fan, I wanted to ask Corey, how did, I mean, you mentioned that you're from originally from the Bronx and, but you're oh, a Cuban Indian the fan. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I misheard. But you're in, so okay. So did you transfer from Cleveland and, and transplant it to the Bronx, or how did nope, you become I an Indian fan? Uh, all right, this is gonna sound ridiculous, but um, okay. First game I and this is all of my sports fandom is very similar. First game I ever went to was uh, Yankees Indians back, I guess like '86, '87. Because like I said, I'm, I'm old and dirt compared to you youngins. <laughs> um, Yankees, and like I said, some of the facts are most likely wrong, but uh, Yankees were winning. I think it was like. Four three, Brooke Jacoby came up, hit a double, and I think it was like the eighth inning, top of the eighth, and uh, we go from there. Wow! They, they won the game, and I was uh, I was hooked. Favorite player <laughs> growing up was Corey Snyder because uh, partly because he had the same name as me. You know, it was like kind of cool. You have Corey and Corey, and I didn't have that many people. Uh, of course, you know, besides you know the drug addict Corey Haim, uh, <laughs> you know Corey Feldman, you know. Not exactly the greatest role models for uh, people named Corey. <laughs> exactly, um, you know, because you know it's a unisex name. You know, great. Uh, let's let's go that way. But um, and you know, same thing like football. First game I ever saw was the Jets and the Browns. Bernie Kosar, my favorite uh, football player of all time. They won. Nick fan. I'm sorry, which player? I'm sorry, I missed it. Which player? Uh, Bernie Kosar. Oh, okay. You no, know, it's it has scarred me ever since. You know. The Knicks, you know, uh, Trent Tucker and all those teams with Ewing, never start a championship, you know. Sorry, only only team that. I ever root for that's ever won anything is, is the uh, New Jersey Devils. And fortunately, I, I live in New York with a bunch of Rangers and Islander fans, so uh, that's always fun. You know, we don't have enough 
enough people to even have a parade like in a parking lot. So Henry <laughs> is giving you some props right now, Corey, in the comments. He said, uh, I'll give you credit for this. When the Browns left, all of his friends gave him a pass to root for the Ravens. He refused, held out until the Browns came back. So that that's a uh, that's fandom right there. That that is loyalty till the end. Uh it's like if I had to go back and be a Mets fan for their first like five or six seasons, like how tough that must have been. I mean, granted, it was a an expansion team, it was a new team, so it's kind of hard to be loyal and invested. But I imagine some of them were like that would have been that's tough. But uh, screw that, I'm adopting a different team if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. If the Bears leave, I'm adopting a second. I'm not waiting for them forever. You, we're not good enough. Our money's no longer good enough for you. Screw you guys. But uh, I guess you. I mean, yeah, that's pretty admirable that you waited like. That's like also the fact that how they left. I mean, I mean, yeah. like I'm not a fan. Like I've never been. I, I've never been to the mistake by the lake, so I've I've never seen the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I've I've only seen the Browns and the Indians play when they've gone to the Meadowlands or, you know, to Yankee or Met Stadium. Uh, Yankee Met Stadium, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, City Field or Shea Stadium. Yeah. You know, so if the if the if Art Modell didn't leave in the middle of the night like a scumbag that he was, and you know, sorry, the guy's dead, but screw him. <laughs> uh, um, I wouldn't be. I, if they would have moved and did this thing the right way, I would be a. I would have most likely been a Baltimore Ravens fan if they did it the right way. But the way that they left, they screwed the fans. They screwed the people. So it's not like I was. I'm born in Cleveland and. I'm this and that, and you know, no, it's the idea that I rooted for a team, and the team, you know, and they kept all of the legacy and the history was with them, you know. So, but whatever, <laughs> I'm just like I said, it is what it is. It's oh tough. man, but Henry, also, Henry's saying it's tough even now. So, <laughs> uh, Sean, I just got a quick question. For yeah, you. like what what type of stuff are you? Because like I said, I've I've only listened to the last episode, and I'm going to go back and try to hear some stuff. But like, what type of stuff do you like that? Maybe we can. I can help you here. Like, find a type of wrestling that you, if you do give a chance, that maybe you actually might like. Uh, well, like I remember, you know, it was a mix of I, I liked Shawn Michaels for the very much the same reason he had the same name. He spelled it differently, but Shawn Michaels was a guy that I, I really did like when I was, you know, growing up watching wrestling. Uh, Mysterio you know, was always, right yeah, Mysterio was always cool. Uh, the, the Jeff Hardy, the Hardy Brothers, that that was like. It was so much fun to watch. I think I kind of lean towards Felipe, though, and, like, what they did in the ring kind of is what drew drawed draw me to – what's the proper term for the word there? Drew, drew, drew me there. Um, it's, like, just the way – their personality, not necessarily on the mic, but their personality in the ring was what I liked. Like, Thank Flair – I, I liked Ric Flair. He was – interesting i guess we can say that uh both in the ring and out of the ring he's very interesting uh according to his 14 wives <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of like uh just something that's entertaining in the ring like they do something that's i mean i guess they all do something that's different but like watching ray mysterio wrestle was way different than watching like um the big show wrestle like that, that just felt like how they, it, it was two different ways and yet they were still pretty successful out. They did. But you know what I would say, um, you would be someone who would most likely, if you were to try to get back in, I wouldn't watch the main WWE product of a Raw or a SmackDown. I would watch mm -hmm. the, the two NXT. shows that are on, on, uh, on Wednesday nights, NXT, which is their quote unquote developmental yeah. uh, system. 
and, which is less talking for the most part and more in-ring based, and uh, AEW, which is also, which is a more of a combination of, you could say, the maybe a little bit like the NWA, WCW, older, like Mid-South type of thing. And then yeah. having the independent style of like the fast-paced guys just doing crazy flips, not just crazy <laughs> flips and dives, but just doing a more in-ring style. So I think if you wanted to try yeah. to get okay. back in, I That's would try I like to it. do the Wednesday night uh, stuff. But I mean, if you wanted to see just something that was totally crazy and make your head spin, you may not get all the references because you haven't watched lately. Yeah. And Felipe, I don't know if you had a chance to watch WrestleMania, but I'm the, not watching um, <laughs> what'd you say? I'm not watching WrestleMania. Fuck that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the match between uh, Cena and, and the fiend, which was something to, wasn't an actual match, but the uh, Firefly Funhouse match was, I think, I've never done drugs in my life because I'm, I'm not cool, apparently. Uh, you may, if you've ever done them, it'd be one hell of a thing to, uh, to watch. It, was, it wasn't wrestling, but it was entertaining. I'll, I'll leave is, say that. Is Bray Wyatt still in WWE? Uh, he's, a, he's a character now called The Fiend. Oh, okay. So that, that is the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Interesting my, character. my connection there is he w- went to Troy where I also graduated from. Like that was the big thing when, when he became the WWE champion, it was like, everyone's like, Oh yeah, former Trojan. And then nobody really talks about him anymore. Uh, The fiend uh, and and Bray Wyatt, great uh, entertainer, great on the mic, very boring in ring. So you, you have to sacrifice one for the other. I don't like his, I've already watched numerous Bray Wyatt fiend matches. He is boring as hell to me. I can't, I fall asleep. Same thing with Randy Orton. If you saw me uh, commenting about, Dave Meltzer saying it's the worst match, and like I believe it. If it's Randy Orton involved, I believe it. He's dull as hell. So well, yeah, Orton, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were saying. I think Randy Orton is a terrific wrestler, but that match was 36 minutes long. The uh, Last Man Standing Edge versus Randy Orton match. If the match was 15 minutes, 20 maybe 20 at 18, 20 minutes, it would have been a very good story, very good match. But when you can watch basically. The longest, maybe the longest other match on WrestleMania twice back to back, and it wasn't, and it was basically equal to the amount of time of that last man standing match. You know, there's a problem when it's the second longest match in the history of WrestleMania, right behind Brett versus uh, Sean, the 60 minutes Iron Man match. You know, there's a problem. <laughs> oh man, you're bringing some memories back. Unbelievable. I'm getting uh, I'm getting hassled by my friends here. Jacob and Matthew Whelan are, are are urging me to watch WrestleMania. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching Quarantine Mania. It's that's not what WrestleMania is. It's just to me, it's like it's supposed to be bigger than life because that's how McMahon wants to do things. And you're basically you're an independent show now. So if I want to, and you you don't even have that in ring style that I like from independent shows. So you're not even doing that. What's the point? You have so there's no crowd popping for medi- mediocre wrestlers. I'm okay. I'll pass. I'll, 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 I'll uh, watch real in-ring performers uh, do in-ring stuff without the fans if I have to choose one or the other. That's the way I see it. And that's the, that's the, I, I may get flack for it, but that's just, that's just my stance on it. I refuse. I'm not watching this year's WrestleMania for that. As, as we kind of transition to a, a potential MLB season with nope. no fans, as yes. Corey, you, you watched WrestleMania, I'm assuming. Um, yep. What was it like watching it with no fans? Like, uh, kind of give us do you have an idea of like what it could I feel like the closest thing that I could say is I have I've seen a MLB game that had no fans it was relatively recent 
It was the Mets playing Baltimore uh, during one of their protests, and there was nobody in the stadium. And it was one of the weirdest things to watch. And, of course, now we, we might have that for half of a season, if not an entire season. So what, what was your impact or what was your thoughts on the impact of having no fans? And did it impact the product, you know, in the ring? Well, he, he said the word impact more than uh, me or Jason has said in the six weeks or seven weeks he's been back. Uh, <laughs> DNA impact, there's another one you could watch. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I remember, I watched a little bit of impact, not going to lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's, it hasn't been terrible since the limited amount I guess you could watch in the U.S. Uh, it hasn't been I, terrible, I, yes. <laughs> that's a high standard some weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially, you know, when you have to watch Raw for three hours. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, empty, empty arena matches are it's a very weird thing. Um, I think that AEW has done it the right way, which I think, Felipe, you said you've watched a little bit in yeah. regards to that, where they, they've done something that's on and off, which is interesting, where they've had a couple of rest. The idea is uh, they've put ordinance where you can only have, I guess, 10 people, you know, there and it, UFC is going to have to deal with this, you know, in a couple of, and I guess about a, in two weeks when they somehow still decide to go on with their, with their uh, UFC 249 show. But um, they, they went and put a couple of face, uh, baby face wrestlers on one side and, the, and then heel wrestlers on the other to at least have some sort of crowd noise and participation, which has been an interesting way of doing it. But the WWE has just decided to, after the first week of showing, you know, empty seats, they went and did like, just a view of just the ring, so you don't see the empty, which made it better. Yeah, but it's—I think you fans were prepared because for the last two weeks, Raw and SmackDown and NXT uh, was doing it, so it wasn't as jarring. But the idea of having nobody there and being able to hear, hear basically hear the crickets does take away from it. But I mean, like yeah. one or two of the matches were really good. I mean, you had the NXT Women's match between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley was a very good professional wrestling match. So I think if it's a really good match, it makes up for it. But overall, it's a hard experience to get over. And I think you, most people are giving uh, a thumbs up or graving on a curve for WrestleMania because they know the situation that McMahon put himself in. I mean, not to get political in this by any stretch, but McMahon deciding to do this was, I think, was ridiculous. And if anybody we find out in a couple of days tested positive for the coronavirus, I think he should be held personally responsible because this is was stupid. I mean, is it one thing to be able to go and watch something and not be sitting in the house watching Netflix or whatever and going stir crazy? Great, <laughs> it's a distraction. But it's still the other idea of, you know, the idea of not these guys working, I still think is wrong. Which is I love AEW. I still think they're making a mistake, but it's entertainment and, you know, it filled time. I'm just now seeing a picture of The Fiend and, oh, my God, he actually wears that in the ring. Yeah. If I was an eight-year-old kid, I would be pissing my pants every time his face showed up on the screen. That, is, sure the that is something are, else. That is, like, sure frightening. The, that is real sure the frightening. sales are through the roof right now with that demographic because <laughs> that's really what it boils down to. Uh, Corey, I, was, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you just mentioned about the – uh, the empty uh, seats in the arena and, and the, if anybody gets infected, I mean, that's kind of what was, I was watching last Wednesday, uh, NXT and uh, AEW before I went on with Matthew Whelan on his podcast uh, for emergency status uh, reasons. 
And I got depressed watching it because I'm watching Kenny Omega, and I forgot who he was facing last week, but I'm watching Kenny Omega uh, trying to wrestle in an empty arena, risking his life for better or for worse, I guess. I don't know how, how risky it is um, because I have no idea when they record it. But either way, long story short, I started worrying like, okay, so when do we hear about these guys getting sick from this virus because they kept on and they getting in contact with other human beings. And I flipped over to NXT and that was even worse because there's nobody out there except for the two combatants and the uh, referee. And either way you're lessening, I mean, you're lessening the blow by having less people uh, in front of the camera, but at the same time, you're still increasing your chances of getting sick. So that was a major turnoff for me. That's, that's another reason why I didn't want to watch this uh, WrestleMania was because what's the point? I mean, it, it, uh, it just didn't feel right for me. And I, I don't know if you felt the same way watching uh, the last couple of weeks or so. I know you have to watch because you do a wrestling podcast, but you, you have that feeling in you that, man, I feel sorry for these guys for, or, and these gals for being up there. Um, well, uh, first of all, it was uh, Kenny Omega versus Trent Ferretta. I don't know why I remember that. Thank so you. Famous, but, Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, I thought it was a really good match. And uh, just to yeah. sidestep for one second, uh, one of the guys who, if you love the in-ring product, uh, Sean and this is the moniker of his, but he, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, is a guy that if you want to try to get back into wrestling, he is more than likely for at least on the North American side of wrestling, he is the best wrestler in the world. I know that was a moniker of the CM Punks and the Chris Jerichos, but believe Shane it or not, Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, Kenny Omega is one of those guys that every time he's out there, you know he's giving a hundred percent. Yeah. One of those things that maybe you want, may want to watch to get yourself back into wrestling is a YouTube show called Being the Elite, which the Young Bucks uh, have. It's like usually like somewhere between like 15 and like 25 minutes. It's a little goofy, but it can get you into storylines, different things. Okay. Uh, BTE, uh, Being the Elite. But uh, getting back to your question, uh, Felipe, um, at first it was a little jarring, and that's one of the things that kind of uh, got me – when it came to the the Orin uh, Edge match on a separate issue, when it comes to real life, I, I guess I've been able to separate it just with my I guess sports brain and wrestling brain, of just being able to go and say this is here and this is what we I'm I'm watching. Like sometimes, like if I think like and like so like not to get too crazy off topic, but like at some point if you're gonna watch like a Mel Gibson movie or if you're gonna watch you know a sporting event. You have to separate the things that – are you going to watch, like, an old Hulk Hogan match, realizing the guy's a scumbag because of the things he said about, you know, things that we've heard him, you know, tape stuff about, you know, minorities and different things, and still enjoy the fact that, you know, he had a great match against uh, The Rock and, you know, in the, the biggest match in mostly the history of the business against Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three, or Mel Gibson stuff, you know, he said about Jews, or you can enjoy – you know, the Lethal Weapon movies or, you know, <laughs> different things. I mean, I know I'm going a little off here, but I mean, these yeah, well, I mean... Well, it's different here because it just happened recently while the pandemic's going. And that's why I'm asking, like, right here, right now, I mean, like, the reason I couldn't stomach it anymore, which is pretty hypocritical, I mean, because the other week before they, the Australia even shut down, uh, they were, I was watching Australia football rules and I felt sorry for those players too, because, A, if anything happens, these guys can get contaminated with this virus. But then I turn it off because finally we have a live sporting event on television that I'm watching, and I and I enjoy that match, Australian Football League rules. And then you know, then they went out of business because of the whole pandemic. Uh, but for wrestling, even though I was able easily to turn it off for the Australian Football League game, I I just can't do it for wrestling for some reason. I don't, that that was really the question. Do you 
because I, I just feel too sorry for these guys. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm more attached to these uh, wrestlers than I am to the Australian football players, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I think it's just I, I'm able to mostly easily, after a while, just turn my brain off and just say, these guys have made a decision. I mean, because um, one of the things I don't know, Sean, if you know or not, because like I said, you don't follow the stuff as closely as me and no. Felipe uh, do. Um, one of the things that was done, I don't know how much I believe it on the WWE end, but Tony Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and also the owner of AEW, went and told all of his wrestlers, anyone who does not feel comfortable wrestling during the pandemic, you will not be punished or lose your spot. Hmm. You, no angles, you know, that you're in currently, you'll be punished or anything. I don't know. Vince McMahon, who's a psycho, you know, <laughs> a sociopath, we'll, we'll put it that way. You know, you're not, you're not going to lose your spot or anything, but we passed things like with guys like Wade Barrett, he got hurt. Then he came back and was like, the guy never existed again. Yeah. You know, I maybe I don't feel as bad due to the fact that these guys had a choice. Mm. You know, and these guys have downside guarantees and not like these guys aren't going to get, especially like in AEW where they're getting paid more and these guys aren't Interesting. getting paid if they don't show up right now, you know? I mean, so, I mean, maybe I don't feel, maybe I'm heartless maybe a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I've cried during Dirty Dancing. So, I mean, Rudy, every time I watch it, it's uh, <laughs> tears flow down my cheek. You know, I'm a little emotional to do, whatever. No, but oh, um, man. you're burning white you just... about me right now, but... Uh, no, it's just like interesting you mentioned Rudy because on uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, uh, me and the football guys, we were talking about football movies, right? I mean, this is what we got to do when, when there's no sports on. We were, we're reaching for topics and, and you miss me bashing Rudy and, uh, and the football pack has, and the football you, podcast you for about five Rudy? minutes or so. Oh, I hate Rudy. I hate Rudy. But it's I thought Day. it was overrated, but I, I didn't think it was terrible. Over, no, it's not uh, terrible. It's just that I, I, I'm like, I, like you just mentioned. Can you can you not separate? I can't. I know Rudy would end up being a, a jailbird, uh, and I think uh, Matt Bushnell, my my podcast partner, mentioned that he was a pedophile. And even the Notre Dame, his own teammates, his own teammates, question uh, the 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 freedom that the studio took in, in Rudy's uh, story so uh, as well. So that kind of, uh, so sorry, what? Factual, so it's the factual parts. The fact the that the factual parts that. Okay. Yeah, and to this day, I still can't. I still can't watch Rudy because uh, the factual parts are, are too uh, cognizant in me. So that's why I can't do it. But I, I just wanted to point out that we did talk about that movie where I bashed Rudy for about five minutes, and that felt really good because uh, screw that guy and screw Notre Dame always. Go ahead. Okay. All right, like I said, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but like the movie, you know, did something to me. I, I love Rudy, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> how many podcasts do you do? Jeez, I thought I was a podcaster. What the hell is going on? Uh, <laughs> no, Felipe uh, gets around. He gets around in the podcast groups. <laughs> How many, yeah. how, many, how many podcast diseases do you have over here, Felipe? Okay. I, for, for sure, I, I, at the beginning of this, when we started, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the podcast because I wanted to mention why you're here because we started this back in January, the, the, this podcast thing. And I've been podcasting on my own. Uh, Sean's a witness since maybe 2014 with my buddy Matt Bushnell uh, for a website called xnsports.com. Um, okay. and, and then because, you know, when Bushnell went to live in Arizona, you know, the time zone differences was too much for me to uh, – to, uh, to overcome sometimes and likewise for him. So I started looking for a podcast partner and then I started asking for, you know, Hey Sean, when are you available? And I asked other people, you know, just so I can uh, take advantage of the, of the platform that I had with XN sports to use my voice as a vehicle to speak my mind on, on these topics, but because how many of us get that privilege? I mean, nowadays it seems to be easy. Like anybody can do it, but I don't see everybody else with podcasts. It's just, just, <laughs> just a, just a few people that are actually got a lot of people. 
Well, no, just, just well, the ones that stand out are the ones who are passionate about it, right? That's all yeah. I'm saying. Um, no free plugs, no free hair plugs, Henry. Um, I was gonna say, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I did a wrestling podcast for, at X Sports, and I did this, I did that, 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 and then I kind of stopped because it was uh, the, the process was too hard on me. Like again, the cream rises to the top, and I didn't, I guess, I didn't have enough juice to keep going. Um, I was like, I know you mentioned that you edit stuff. And, and for me, it's like, I was doing more editing and less doing content. And that just kind of defeated the purpose. And then I, you know, hook up with these guys stuff. And then I brought it up. Hey, well, how would you guys like to do a podcast, uh, for these, you know, hundred groups that we have, we do have a football group. We do have a, a wrestling group. We do have a, a hockey group and a pop culture group and a food group and so on and so forth. And luckily, my admins, my fellow admins, were all gun ho. Henry was all on it. Vince Mercandetti, who really spearheaded this project, mm -hmm. was really for it. And we got the Zoom accounts that we needed, and uh, we got the platforms that we needed, and we went on. So we've been on this for January. And to get back to your question, I insisted that I wanted to do three podcasts. Uh, the baseball one with Sean, uh, a pop culture one with my friend Katie, and the wrestling podcast with Brett. Unfortunately, what ended up happening was... Uh, uh, it got a little bit too much for me, and and I was getting uh, dirty looks from my from my pregnant wife that maybe I have too many on my too much on my plate. To, thank you, sir. And so uh, I had to make a hard decision, I, and I had to whittle it down to one, and I chose Sean over to everybody else. Oh, but it, it, baseball is my no, you should be, but no, it really is because baseball is my 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 my. I found out that baseball was my primary passion, and that's why I'm here. But every once in a while, I mean, I am very opinionated. I will show up on the basketball podcast. I will show up on the football podcast as a guest, as okay? <laughs> or, or, or whenever I need it. Like last week, uh, Whelan, the God bless his soul, he wanted a partner because uh, his regular podcast partner was sick. He's been going through some uh, 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 health issues, and I hope Johnny finally feels better. So I don't have to do it ever again because it's kind of <laughs> awkward to talk about food when I don't even cook anymore. Felipe's but, out there like, I'm really good at making chicken nuggets. <laughs> Now listen, I could do more than chicken nuggets, but I'll tell you what, uh, the, it got, it got uh, so desperate for me that I started just sharing my, my computer screen and just searching the, the internet because Whelan had mentioned that he wanted, he always wanted to eat uh, a tarantula, so <laughs> a fried tarantula. So I looked what, what tarantula looked like, and, and I also saw that there's hamburger tarantula, so the show kind of went to a screeching halt when I, <laughs> when I showed everybody on the podcast a picture of a tarantula burger. And that's when I, and Ryan Shiner, who's one of our, uh, our more uh, uh, active members in these groups, he goes, I just noticed that half the people left the podcast. And I go, oh, you know what, Wheeling, I think it's a good place to stop. We, should, we can't do that. Yeah, that's a good job. I <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's a, that's a, the, the podcast version of Jumping the Shark is showing the tarantula burger. <laughs> When you show a tarantula burger, it might be time to stop. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. you don't take this. I'm saying this, of course, very kindly. So, so you were a podcast four. Now you're just a podcast slut. That's not where you're gonna. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I'm all about it. I mean, before that, I was I was into writing, and then I realized that I, I I've been on a what do you call it on um, what I like to describe as a a, as a writer's as a writer's no as a, as a writer's block uh, um. Uh, uh, era of my writing which this writer's block has now lasted for about maybe god i don't even remember the last article i wrote for uh, anybody at this point but in in lieu of writing articles baseball articles football articles, whatever you have i do this now with you guys and uh, uh and, and then you you sir Corey, you've done over 200 of these uh, wrestling podcasts uh, for a long time and the reason that you're here 
is because you helped us. And I do appreciate it. You helped get our podcast onto Stitcher, onto Spotify, onto iTunes. Like what seems to be basic for you, like the 10 of us behind the scenes, (laughs) we couldn't figure out how to get on those platforms for the longest time. And it was always a dream of mine to be on Spotify and to be on Stitcher because I use those platforms a lot. So we have you to think for uh, getting that ball rolling. And with that being said, I mean, you've done 200 of these and, and you uh, obviously know your way around this. Any advice you have for uh, us uh, within our group, within the, uh, the podcast group, or even anybody who's listening, uh, who, who's thinking about starting one and doesn't know where to start or doesn't know how to go about it. Any advice you have for, the, for these people that you might have to share with us today? And just to piggyback real fast so you can wrap up both questions, what do you want to see in a fantasy baseball podcast? What would you like to see most? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess in a fantasy baseball podcast, um, I guess one thing that, cause I'm in an NL only, uh, well, I'm in a way too many, I think I'm right now I'm in four leagues. If baseball ever starts, you know, you're a fantasy whore, huh? <laughs> I am, I am a huge fantasy whore that just, they just come and they say, here, just take the blood, take, just go and just squirt anywhere you need. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you guys in trouble here. My, my podcast has an explicit tag, so you know oh. we talk about wrestling. You know, why, why would they need one? But you know, me and Jason, we just can't help ourselves. But um, right, I would like you know a fantasy that's more uh, league specific. I guess you know I'm in an NL only league, and when you listen to a lot of podcasts, they feel like they're just too, some of them are just too broad. I guess sometimes in nature, like maybe okay. even if it was just like in preseason wise, maybe more episodes that. Where I'm just, okay, uh, I'm in a, I'm going to go and tell you who the 20 best first basemen are in this format. Maybe, you know, just sometimes a little bit more specific, you know, yeah. breaking down certain things. I guess that would be something that would be, that would be interesting. And also, I think it'd be interesting in a, having a podcast when it comes to it a little bit more on why you're picking up guys. Not just, you know, when it comes to leagues, you know, not just... Yeah. Uh, this guy's this guy's available. I'm, I picked up this guy, and not the idea of you know. In ninety five percent of leagues, people aren't being dropped. You know, every three seconds. You know, if you listen to <laughs> all of these big, I'm not going to go and publicize other ones, but I'm sure you know the leagues yeah. I'm talking, this podcast I'm talking about, the super successful ones. They're usually talking about you know twelve team leagues where all of these guys are available on the free agency wire. You know, most leagues when you're playing. Not everybody's playing in these super shallow leagues, you know? I mean, yeah. I know that's, that's what makes all of these leagues, you know, maybe the more people, uh, the, the beginner leagues are in maybe like 10 and 12 teams leagues. But there are people like, I'm in a 16-team league. I'm in a 12-team NL only. Oh, that's I'm tough. In a 14, that's tough. <laughs> I'm in a 14-team league with, you know, that has, that's categories plus, you know, weekly on base. I mean, I'm in a daily league, which is, a nightmare, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go and deal with that because I don't want to deal with it. But I mean, I just think, you know, maybe have, ex- even if you're doing a podcast, it's just sometimes we have episodes that are dealing with more league specific problems, you know? I mean, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, and, and I feel like that's something that was one of the big reasons why I've liked our little uh, bit that we've done with the the build a fantasy lineup out of these teams is especially in the first few uh first few that we did were like you know the terrible teams and kind of the the pretenders out west and it 
I love the the terrible teams when we did Baltimore, Seattle, because it was fun because we did get to talk about a lot of guys that in a, a league only format, like guys like Austin Hayes, Daniel Vogelbach, <laughs> those are going to be guys that you need in an AL only. I'm, I'm telling you, they He's are. Seattle? Uh, who, Vogelbach? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's going to be their DH with Evan White uh, getting his uh, Scott Kingery <laughs> contract extension. Uh, I'm just scrolling through Facebook here, and I believe this is almost our sign of uh, we're coming up on the hour mark here. But it's uh, the Mets broadcasting Johan Santana's no hitter. And we talked Ooh. about baseball, we talked about wrestling. There's a comment in here made by a Chris Benoit on a baseball video. I, I, I'm taking that as a sign that we have a wrestling and a baseball crossover in uh, on Facebook. So um, any last words for you, Corey? Um, I guess just the, the idea of if there, like I said earlier, if, if, if you ever have like wrestling and if you, st- if you're a lapsed fan, there's always something out there. If you look, I mean, I'm not saying you have to go out there and search just to find something you like, but I think there is something out there for everyone. Like AW is out there. You've got. Yeah. I plan NXT. on watching it tomorrow. Now that you've told me about it, I, I, I'm going to try and watch it. <laughs> you got AW. You got NXT. You got New Japan Pro Wrestling. You've got Ring of Honor. If you're if you're desperate, you've got you've got Impact. I'm saying that <laughs> if you're desperate. I mean, you know, you you've got MLW, which is another company that's on BN BN Sports. If you're a soccer fan, you you know what that is. My partner loves soccer. I don't get it, but and other people like you know rugby and different things and whatever you liked over there, Australian football, I guess that was. Yeah. Uh, what Felipe okay. said. Uh, but if you, if, and you know, if you yeah, like yeah. different things, there are things that there you, you'll be able to find something. It is incredibly goofy. It's something that you usually liked when you were a kid. Usually when you found out that there was the opposite sex, you decided that <laughs> it didn't exist anymore. You know what, especially during the quarantine, there's only so much time you can spend with your significant other watching, you know, Netflix and, you know, whatever that Tiger King thing is. <laughs> oh, I recommend it. Go watch it. It's something else. <laughs> and, and apparently uh, this guy, Joe, what is this guy's name? Joe, Joe Exotic. Tyler, he actually has a connection to wrestling, apparently. Uh, huh. A guy named uh, Tim Storm on NWA uh, Power, which is a show that's on uh, YouTube. There's so much goddamn wrestling on it. You can find something. <laughs> yeah, a guy named Tim Storm actually apparently either wrestled him or did something with involvement. Huh. With uh, NWA Power, which, like I said, is uh, another one which is on YouTube, which they're doing pretty well right now. I think they actually aired an episode where they did some sort of thing showing where Joe Azada was there. Huh. So, I mean, everyone is trying to get in on the, uh, the Joe Azada or Tiger King, you know, bandwagon. Me personally, it's not my type of thing, but maybe <laughs> maybe I'll try it. But I haven't gone. I haven't gone there yet. I'm still whoring myself out on uh, <laughs> on uh, uh, wrestling. <laughs> Uh, and you, Felipe, any uh, last words before we leave our viewers today? I think Felipe got... I was going to say you forgot to mention Lucha Ground. Oh, great. Oh, oh, if you want to catch up on uh, Lucha Underground, I think the first two seasons are on, on Netflix. And uh, at least on Cablevision in the Bronx, after, you know, five years, four years after it's off the air, we now have the El Rey Network. So I guess they're showing replays. But the one thing I did want to say uh, before you let me go, uh, once again, you can check out the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, and we're on Anchor FM, just like uh, you guys. Uh, but also, I work I work on another podcast. I hope you don't mind me plugging this. But, Go for uh, it. 
sure. called uh, You Don't Know Jackie, which is our comedy podcast, which is uh, something different to say the, say the least. Uh, you enjoy listening to me get berated and made to look like a fool, <laughs> which I think I did for like the last hour. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy that. Once again, that's uh, You Don't Know Jackie. comes out uh, every Wednesday. Uh, we'll be most likely moving them to uh, Anchor FM as well, because, you know, who wants to spend $12 a month on a bus, you know, whatever that website we're on now, but, you know, <laughs> and I would say that, you know, anyone who wants to go the easy way of doing a podcast, Anchor FM is the way to do it. It's a free, uh, free site, and it's a very easy to go and start. And if you have one you're paying, there's a thing on there at Anchor FM to just switch. So, you know, I've spoken and I've given them way too much free publicity. <laughs> hey it was uh when we uploaded our episode last week i was shocked to see how how great it was so shameless plug to anchor fm but uh felipe i believe is having a, some slight connection issues he just messaged me so um if he can if can he can you hear us felipe i can hear you guys i just don't know if you guys can hear me oh yeah we can hear you uh any last okay. words no, Corey, thank you so much uh, for being on this episode and for the wrestling knowledge and for the, uh, and the uh, being a good sport about <laughs> converging it into some weird fantasy baseball amalgamation. I do appreciate that. I appreciate everything you've done for our podcast. Uh, Henry wants me to make sure that I also plug the Pod Jobbers podcast, which I've been doing throughout the show. But one more time, I think they have a show this Thursday night. Also, there's the, the food uh, one uh, on the Food Life uh, Network. Oh, God. Food Network. Life Network. <laughs> um, but no, we're not I, there I, yet. We, we have a lot of groups, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Well, it's a network. It's just not called a network. Uh, <laughs> but no, I do appreciate you hopping on and uh, talking some wrestling, some baseball, some fantasy baseball, some fantasy booking. Uh, just uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun one today. It, uh, it gives me, uh, you know. Oh. Uh, no, not hope. Uh, just uh, something different to focus on. I mean, uh, like it's been like I said. Uh, it, even though uh, Sean and I, we we come up with whatever just to keep ourselves kind of relevant. Uh, it was kind of nice to just uh, not to be so fantasy baseball focused this week. Yeah, it was, it was fun to change gears. That's that's how I viewed it. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say here as well. So, but uh, I pre and uh, again, we cannot thank you enough for. Uh, I think I, met, I think I heard Sean talk about how when we got into Spotify and Stitcher, I don't know about Sean, I, I couldn't hear him, but I was jumping for joy like I just won the Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's pretty cool to, to see it on uh, Spotify yeah. and iTunes as well. Yes. I agree. Yeah, I'm um, listening to my bad religion music, and then <laughs> and, and I listen to myself uh, just to, for practicing purposes, or Vince's podcast, or the wrestling. Well, now the wrestling podcast is not there yet, but the football podcast, that one, I know that one's in there. I, I've been catching up on those podcasts by uh, Stitcher and Spotify, so it's been a godsend. And, I, and we have you to thank uh, for giving us that opportunity, so thank you so much for that. And, open, hey, open invitation. I'm sorry. Uh, to, no, go ahead, uh, Corey. Go ahead. Open invitation whenever you guys want to come on uh, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast and uh, promote uh, – as long as you don't, as long as Henry uh, doesn't want to come on, you know. Uh, <laughs> Henry's not allowed. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to go, you know, clear up some, you know, tax information, but no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if either of you guys ever want to come on and uh, have a little fun, you know, more than happy to have you on. And uh, thanks a lot for uh, dealing with my silliness for the last uh, hour or so. Oh, awesome. thank you so much. And to our, if you are listening to this on purely audio, uh, be sure to come join us over at Baseball Life and our Assorted Life podcast and groups on Facebook. Uh, we talk about everything from baseball to football to wrestling to food. Um, 
any that, that you're good to go, Felipe? I'm good to go. I'm ready to have my dinner. So and and we'll see going. you guys all next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a good night, Thanks, guys. guys.